Welcome back, Dragons, to the second part of our Luke Cage two-parter. I am joined again uh, by Joel Chorney and Rowan Rain. Rachel, unfortunately, could not join us for this episode, but that's okay. She's still in our hearts. Rowan, how you doing? Not bad. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I, I haven't watched Luke Cage in a week, but I want to watch more of it, so I should do that tonight i don't know yeah rewatch it exactly joel how you doing i'm rocking guys i finished the show i'm excited to talk about it excellent Mm -hmm. well if everyone remembers you were all you were all throwing shade at um what's her name the sister mariah mariah Uh, and then you watched episode six. <laughs> I, it was so hard not to say anything. <laughs> yeah, that was, I did, definitely did not call it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> no. you were you were way wrong on your analysis there, buddy. But <laughs> but I'm very happy that uh, Rosario Dawson's character Claire did get more play in this show, like I wanted. Yes. So I felt a little, slightly redeemed. But my prediction was completely wrong. Well, speaking of Rosario Dawson's character, there's an episode where one of the henchmen calls her the night nurse. And I know Mm -hmm. I mentioned that to Rowan. Joel, did you catch that at all? Uh, No, I can't remember that line. (laughs) I can't remember that line being spoken. So... If anyone else caught that that little aside, shoot me a text just so, you know, these guys know I'm not crazy. But it was so Joel great. Joel still think you're crazy. That's fine. Um, Joel, <laughs> do you know who Night Nurse is? Uh, I was afraid that was your next question. I don't. Who's Night Nurse? Okay. So Claire, her super when she becomes a superhero, is called Night Nurse. Sweet. And if you pay attention to the last episode... She takes mm-hmm. a flyer for well, it's not kung fu, is it kung fu? She takes a flyer for a martial arts school, and so I'm super excited that we're going to be seeing the transition tonight. It's related. It's related to Iron Fist in some way, isn't it? Though the school. Yes. Yes. Was, okay. Wait, was this taking the flyer something that happened like after the credits? I can't remember. No, I, I don't think It wasn't so. after the credits, but it was definitely one of the final, final parts of the final episode. Yes. Okay. I, I guess it's when they're showing, like, what everything's getting set up as. Because I don't mm-hmm. remember. I must have been looking down for just that moment. It must have been quick. It was I quick. I didn't see that at all. I didn't see that at all. I was, I was yelling at my screen, like, no, they're going to keep <laughs> Diamond back alive. No. <laughs> And that's that's pretty much what it was all about for those last few minutes. So I, I totally missed it. I didn't even see that part. Yeah, it was it was it was very slight. It was very it was very small. Um, didn't bring a lot of attention to it. But I'm super excited for where the Marvel universe is going. Joel, what was your favorite part of the entire series? 
it's got to be the message, man. I just mm-hmm. I really love the message. I, I just I loved it after four episodes the last time we talked. And uh, Rowan, you were right. It was gonna it was gonna keep going. It was gonna get yeah. even stronger. Uh, Kenny, you and I had a brief conversation uh, that I was gonna like episode twelve. Uh, I've been quoting I've been quoting uh, Method Man left and right because when he said it, <laughs> he said it true. It was like you know, being bulletproof will always be second to being black. Yeah, and, and I. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I I actually, at first, when Method Man showed up in episode 12, I was like, okay, this is kind of a really dumb cameo, but they really made it work. Yeah, they did. I was upset when he, when he showed <laughs> up, when he was in that bodega, I was like, oh, come on. What is this? <laughs> but it was it it was all worth it. That that conversation with the DJs and the radio show, mm-hmm. that made it. And his rap was awesome. Yes, it was. It was that was some <laughs> quill spitting right there. Stop right now, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> but so I I want to say one of the reasons that didn't ring true to me is because growing up in Arizona and growing up in not growing up, but currently living in L.A., we drive everywhere. Rarely do you see, you know, celebrities at the corner store. True. And it's like, if you do see them in the corner store, you're usually shopping in the Hollywood Hills or in Beverly Hills where they normally live, you know? So I got something to add to that. I got something to say about this, Okay. Uh, because I did have a problem with the fact that these two muggers or sh- or uh, uh, shoplifters were were would not just drop it when they saw it was Method Man, you know. But oh, you're totally right. <laughs> like uh, you know, oh, you're Method Man. Yeah, I'm not going to rob this store in front of Method Man. <laughs> so that was kind of weird that they'd still go through the mugging. I can't I can't recall were they older or younger? Could they have been too young? Uh, to recognize them? No. Uh, no. I, I didn't get the impression that they would not know who that was. Okay. Well, um, because one but of them- Kenny, I think you're, I think you're, you're incorrectly applying the the L.A. motif to the Harlem setting. Well, that's because Harlem- you didn't let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, and I was going to say, whereas in New York because there are so many different areas so close together and it's very much a walking city, not a driving city, you very well could run into Method Man at your local bodega. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> I, have a, I have a co-worker who grew up in Harlem. She's watching Luke Cage right now. Shout out to Maguette. She is still, I think, only on episode four. But she's very impressed with how authentic the setting is and how it really feels like she's watching Harlem. That's cool. So, I mean, I'll take her word for it because I never. Yeah, I've never been there. I've never even stepped foot in Harlem, but um, that's kind of cool to know that. She says she says she's known plenty of Mariah's in her day. And and she says she's known she's known a few pops. And so that's pretty cool that that she says, yeah, it's like seeing people she grew up with on screen. That is awesome. Yeah, I think for me, the part that stood out the most was um, when 
Luke had been hit and he was walking funny and the cops pulled him over, I mean, were they not really pulling a political move there on the show? Like, I, I, I found myself in tears several times just because how real it felt like, oh, this happens all the time. I see, I see what they're doing here. And I I just, I'm, I'm so blown away and so impressed by Marvel because a lot of places don't want to get political. They don't want to stir the pot. They just kind of want to keep things fun and keep things light. And I think how Luke Cage was handled was so courageous and so brilliant. I'm so happy with how they did it. Absolutely. This has been a huge week for that type of of, um, art form or subject matter, I should say. Because we've got the the new movie, Birth of a Nation, that came out. Uh, the new documentary on Netflix called 13, which I is... I saw a preview for that. Yeah, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm very excited to. This mm-hmm. is definitely in the zeitgeist right now. I mean, we got Trayvon Martin with the hoodie. That is, mm-hmm. cl- I mean, clearly they're referencing that. And yes. all the, the, the various police brutality videos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's... Yeah, the word you used, was, Rowan, was courageous, and absolutely, it's courageous, yeah. it's exciting. Um, it's getting people to, to think of a, a population that they wouldn't have by watching something sure. that they're comfortable with, which is superhero shows and movies, which is yeah. phenomenal. I'm very impressed with what they did with Luke Cage. What, Me too. Would we be having a different conversation if the if the if the message they were sending wasn't so blatant i think the conversation might be different i think i think the show itself would still be good um i don't know that obviously we'd be having this particular conversation because here we are talking about how courageous and how amazing and how they're bringing these issues to light that should be brought to light um but i mean i think the show still would have been a great show I mean, the acting, the cast, and the background of Luke Cage. But would it be Luke Cage if they didn't bring up these issues? Yeah. I, I, would, I would tend to agree with you. I think not only was it courageous and important, I would might even argue that it was necessary for them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it would be fair to call it courageous if they'd been subtle about it. Like If we had to, to really make the point, make the argument ourselves and pull pieces right. of evidence. I don't know if we'd be able to say they were courageous. I think we'd be talking about how clever they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. the fact that they are making it easy to follow, that that's what they're doing, I think is where the, the courageousness comes in. They're not, they're not trying to hide what they're what they're getting at. Right. Which I respect a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'd be having a different conversation if they took a position that we don't agree with. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Agreed. It would be, yeah, that's, that's true. It would be a very different conversation. Um, so what about who? who's the bigger villain? Are we more worried about Mariah or are we more worried about Diamondback? I gotta say Mariah. Yeah, I think Mariah is the one who's gonna, gonna have the staying power as the big bad. Why do you yeah. think that? Well, oh. Uh, now I'm like, I'm afraid to make predictions now. Uh, <laughs> well, At least no so, one knows now. Yeah, that's true. Before you guys just let me do it. <laughs> yeah. Like a wind in the leaf, like a like a leaf in the wind. Uh, well, 
I um, I'm I'm thinking back to the to superhero tropes and villains, and so we got Diamondback. He's been decommissioned. He's now obviously going to get souped up mm-hmm. and get the Luke Cage treatment. So what I expect will happen is that next season we'll see him come in, and I don't think he will be the big bad for the season. He might come in for the early part of the season and kind of do what uh, Cottonmouth did here, which is, oh, he's the big bad, and then, oh, never mind, he's not mm-hmm. the big bad. I, that's what I expect is going to happen. Okay. And, yeah, I... and then... Oh, go ahead, Rowan. Yeah, Mariah, Mariah will be the one with the staying power. I tend to agree. I think that Diamondback is kind of like like Luke Cage, he's kind of the muscle and there will be that confrontation and stuff there. And he'll be like kind of this big, scary, bad guy. But I think Mariah is so smart and so manipulative and like, she has a big picture plan where Diamondback has a bunch of rage that he wants to take out on Luke Cage, but he's a lot of talk. He's, he doesn't seem to have a big picture plan like Mariah does. It was Mariah had goals and aspirations. I felt mm-hmm. Diamondback wanted revenge. Right. Yeah. And there's something missing. I feel like we didn't get that relationship between uh, Carl and and Willis properly developed. He clearly wants revenge. Joel, but your phone is sure. Joel, you. yeah. Joel, your phone is breaking up like bad. Wait, is this better? Now it is. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I don't know what that was about. What I was saying is, we don't know what the revenge is about. Yeah, so the, so their dad didn't love him enough, but it seemed to me a little bit misplaced to have a big problem with, with Luke Cage, with Carl. Yeah, I think there's more to the story that will there's unfold something about else their there. relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, see, I, I actually thought it was somewhat justified i mean it was a very i want to say like pedantic and lowbrow reason for revenge it was willis was just jealous that carl got to be open about who his father was yeah but they grew up buddies though so what happened well it's because carl never knew that willis was his brother but Willis and, knew that Carl was his brother, right? Yes, but Willis. So then, why suddenly anger and resentment? Well, let's be honest. I mean, something that develops over years and years and years and years. At some point, it just becomes this huge rage. I think there's something I more. Know. I mean, I I agree with Joel. <laughs> well, I also think that he said. I also think that at some point. Something happened to turn Willis into Diamondback. Mm-hmm. And we don't know yet where that happens, but it could have been he became Diamondback to take his revenge on Carl. Right. Cool. See, I, if I recall correctly, I might be completely mistaken about this, but I think there was some talk about how. Luke, well, Carl and Willis were out getting into trouble, like stealing cars or something. But because he was uh, Pastor Lucas's son, it was kind of like a slap on the wrist. But Willis got sent to juvie. Oh, yeah, I do remember something like that happening. 
And so, and so, and so then that's where he became Diamondback. Oh no, well, he, he's telling the story. It's, it's, it's Diamondback who's telling the story. Joel, 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 figure yeah. out your phone, dude. What? Your phone's really, What's... really messed up, man. <laughs> wait, can you, wait, are you, I'm here, can you hear me? Yes. Now I can. Now we it's can. almost like every time you start, like, going on, like, a oh, continued well. conversation, it freaks out. Yeah. All right. So what I was saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm trying something here. So what, okay. So what I was saying is that he tells the story that he goes to juvie and like the first week that he's there, he gets jumped and he ends up stabbing the guy in self-defense, but he goes away to, to grown up court, to big boy jail. And that's when he becomes Diamondback. Mm -hmm. So I guess now that I'm working through that, maybe the resentment is that he got such a short end of the deal Sure. We're doing the same thing as 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 uh, Luke did, as Carl did, but it still seems misplaced to hold a grudge against Carl. You know, right? Because Carl couldn't help it. You know, like right. it wasn't like he asked for that. Right. Like you'd think there would have been more resentment against the father. I I wouldn't be surprised if next season we find out or we see a flashback of that situation happening. Yeah. And we see Carl using the fact that he is the preacher's son and kind of selling selling uh, Willis out or something sure. a little bit more proactive. Could yeah, see that I, there, I feel like there has to be like more to the entire story between the two of yeah. them. Because even Luke seemed a little bit remorseful. Like yeah. He, he seemed to, to almost not not be too surprised that Diamondback was out to get him. Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to so be it's going to be quite a while before we get season 2. Uh, don't remind me. We're looking at what 2018? Probably 2019. Ugh. That's a shame. At least we're at least we're getting other stuff though to fill to fill those voids. That's true. It's true. We do like it when Mike Coulter is there to fill our voids. Yeah, we do. Dude, this guy. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like all of us can agree he's quite a babe. On an objective yeah. standard, scale from 1 to 10, he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did want to talk about, because we had brought it up, season 2 and where where the Marvel Universe is going next. And I don't know if you guys knew, but Iron Fist, March mm. 17th, mm. 2017. Yes. I'm very excited. I shared something on my page the other day about that. I'm super pumped. So, And then it's after that. I'm thinking next fall we're getting the Defenders. Yeah, they haven't released an actual date. They've just said 2017, right? Yeah. I think so, but... When is Daredevil? Daredevil Season 3 is not going to be until 2018. Wow. So, and Jessica Jones is 2018 as well, right? Yes, which is why, since they're doing two a year, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that they're going to do Iron Fist in 2017, Defenders in late 2017, Daredevil early in 2018 mm -hmm. and then Jessica Jones in 2018. Mm -hmm. But I'm also curious if season two of Jessica Jones, they're just going to make, they're going to team up Jessica Jones, Iron Fist and Luke Cage and just do the heroes for hire. But they're all in the defenders, right? Yes. 
So would they make a? We think they'd make two shows about you know all of them combined. Well, no, because there wouldn't be Daredevil, and technically the Heroes for Hire were the three of them, or the Heroes for Hire might just be Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I think having three shows, if you had Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Heroes for Hire, and then the Defenders. Mm-hmm. You would get one season every two years. God, that'd be sad. But you would get every character every year. Right, right. That's true. But, I but mean, you, I'm. Yeah. Go ahead. I think you left out Luke Cage in that, didn't you? So no. We got Daredevil. No, because he's Heroes for Hire. Oh, I see. So he would be in that. Yeah, he would be in. Yeah, because they're gonna change. They're gonna change. And hopefully, hopefully, he's gonna be back in Jessica Jones as well. I mean, we all know they end up married, so I'm assuming he will be making appearances. Hopefully, Rowan, you're you're on the show with Joel. You know no, no, his no, rule I'm, on spoilers. I, no, that's no, not a spoiler. That's, that's a comic that's book. It's been around forever. That's not a spoiler. That's that's like, yeah, it's not a spoiler. It's like telling me Lenny dies at the end of Mice and Men. <laughs> Thank you. Who's Lenny? It's not a spoiler. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but but so so your idea is that they would just stop doing Luke Cage as a property in terms of a title for a show, and they would just parlay it into Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So essentially, I wonder if they'll do that just because of like how huge Luke Cage has been, and the fact that it's gained such a large and somewhat new audience from what i've heard yeah they i think they've spent too much energy and success developing the brand of luke cage to mm-hmm. then abandon it and go with a title that no one's gonna know um i think there are ways around that i think you could call it like luke cage and iron fist in heroes for hire i don't know i mean Seems a little clunky like, yeah, but I do. I do really like their interaction together. Like I've read some of the comic books, the Power Man and Iron Fist comic books, and they are a fun team. So I think trying to navigate five shows. Is, I mean, that's a lot to deal that's with, big. because e- even if you go in order, you're only getting one show every three or four years with a character you like. And I didn't know if you knew this, Joel, but actors age. Well, <laughs> but everyone knows Michael Coulter won't age, right? True. I mean, right. he might age, his character won't. You, um, Joel, do you understand that Luke Cage and Mike Coulter, like, Luke Cage is a role. What? Okay. No. Just, Nope. <laughs> Don't ruin all of my hopes and dreams. And so fantasy. wait, no, no, no. He's got multiple names. He's Carl Lucas, Mike Coulter, and Luke Cage. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you can use them all interchangeably. That went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> um. So wait, no, but there's so there's here's something I find odd. The show is clearly designed for binging. Anything Netflix makes, they make it to be binged. That's why they release yeah. it all at the same time. And yet, in some cruel twist of fate, they make it so that you have to wait two years 
between seasons? Yeah. That seems, seems, that seems, that seems awful. Um, well, in terms of Daredevil, you're waiting... Oh, no, yeah, I guess you're waiting two years. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a big... Uh, Sherlock and Doctor Who fan, so I guess I'm used to the waiting game. Yeah, you're used to that. <laughs> well, one of the worst yeah. ones I ever got, and the BBC oh. is notorious for that. One of the worst ones I ever got yes. was I had to wait four or five years for the last season of Peep Show, which is a great comedy on BBC, but mm-hmm. it was six 25-minute episodes. And I was just like, really? Mm-hmm. It took you guys <laughs> five years did you spend a year on each episode? Yeah, it's it's a problem in the BB, with the BBC. I mean, Sherlock, we've been waiting what three years between seasons. Yeah, but we yeah. got a special. Yeah, um, and that's that's probably a bigger risk that Netflix runs than the whole aging thing, which is as these actors become better known and start doing other roles in between seasons, they'll become more expensive to hire for these shows. Uh, there's easy ways to, to work around that. You hire somebody for like eight seasons as they're an unknown and then you got them for 16 years. Sure. But I mean, I don't know if that's what they've arranged with someone like Michael Coulter. I expect is going to become very popular soon. What, Cause anyone who sees him on screen wants to see more of him on screen. Truth. Um, but I know that that was, that was a big problem with Sherlock, right? That Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman both became these huge stars. And suddenly the BBC cannot afford them. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Well, I also think people want to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I mean, every act, like, you could do six degrees of Kevin Bacon with everybody, with anybody in the Marvel Universe, because there's so much crossover. And everybody's in it. And Marvel is being, and Marvel, as is true about everything, is being smarter than DC, in that they're letting the cinematic universe actually be the same universe as its television universe. Yes. And so, if they did end up needing to entice a bigger star now to do a show, they could parlay into a movie contract or something which dc has cut itself off at the knees from being able to do yes and one of the things that i wanted to point out is we were talking about the binge worthiness of the show and how like they build these shows that you can binge watch i i don't really think of it as a 13 episode show it was really more like a six-part movie and a seven-part movie. Yeah. Because I thought at the end of episode six, everything is kind of wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow, um, even with Cottonmouth getting murdered. And the last seven episodes were kind of like this next story arc. You guys agree or disagree? Mm. Yeah, I I feel like it was kind of split in two. I don't know that I would say like a seven-part movie or maybe like a mini-series, I guess. But uh, yeah, I definitely think that there was definitely two different feels to it, and it could have been split in half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I I kept thinking what it would be like to have to watch this show on a week-to-week basis 
And I think I would not have enjoyed that. Not only because I really liked watching them Same. in succession, but because they do very little to catch you up from one episode to the next of what happened before. So if you're not, if you wait a week, you're not going to remember what happened the week before the episode before. That's it's true. It's, it's a show that is meant to be binged. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. So Joel, why which don't th- you, Oh, go ahead. Oh, which I think adds, adds credence to your position. Kenny. It's more like two long movies. Yeah, that you really should watch them pretty close in time each episode. Yeah. Well, Joel, why don't you do a little experiment where you watch mm-hmm. one episode every Monday, and then uh, in uh, three and a half <laughs> yeah. months you get back to us. Yeah, <laughs> it's your homework, Joel. And you can't yell. Okay. You can't yell at me for spoilers because you've already seen it. That's true. That's true. Can we? Okay, but there is something I'm really angry about with the show. Can we? Can we? take a, a, a detour and, and talk about things that bothered us? Sure. Just for Is that you. right? Just for oh, you. Oh, well, I really want to. It's like, I got to get this off my chest. All right, get it off so, your chest. For you dragons who don't know, I am a criminal defense attorney. And one of my favorite lines in the movie was when Shade says, Lawyer, do you need me to spell it? Because dragons, if you're being interrogated by the police, wait for your lawyer. But then, my least favorite line in the show is when Luke Cage says, nah, I got nothing to hide. I don't need no lawyer. Like, what? No! This is terrible. I knew you were going to be upset at that. Um, I was actually really upset at that as well. Um, but, yeah. Shades had it right. That, that was one place where, where I think the movie kind of and I don't, they don't do this deliberately, I, of course not. But they betray the the population that it is trying to to uh, build up, prop up. Because the reality is this: the relationship. People might not know this: the relationship between the police community and the black community is kind of strained right now. Yeah. And it's really bad advice to tell a bunch of kids or black kids. Oh, well, if you've got nothing to hide, just talk to the police. <laughs> That's true. And I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right. Well, it's actually it's actually bad to tell anybody, no matter what skin color they have. Oh, it it doesn't matter if you do or don't have anything to hide. Wait for your lawyer. That's fair. Joel, you're a lawyer, point. aren't you? I am. I am. I'm a criminal yeah, defense yeah, attorney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I work for a law firm as well. Yeah. So that that whenever I see stuff like that, I'm thinking, oh, this is why my clients, because my clients think they're just doing what Luke Cage does, <laughs> and my clients are not Luke Cage. I'll tell you that's that. true. I'm sure they're not. They are if not. They were though. Give me their number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so one track mine, Rowan. One track mine. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one thing that really really grinded my. My gears. Yeah. Um, Shades did have it right. Let's talk about. Can we talk about Shades for a second? He was a way better character than I expected he would be. Yes. I liked him in Sons of Anarchy, uh, which is the only other place I've ever seen him. But I've never seen him. No. Oh, he's he's, he's pretty a Theo Rossi, but he did a damn good job in this show. He was. Yeah. He was. He was slimy, but also oddly uh, 
tender at moments. It was weird. He did a good yeah, job. Yeah, his interaction with Mariah was interesting towards the end. I did not enjoy that on-screen kiss, though. Something about <laughs> it made me very uncomfortable. Was it? Was she, it did, was weird. Didn't she bite him? She she's got to be like twenty years older than him. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that, Joel. She's Calm a down. cougar, man. I good respect for her. That. Yeah, no, yeah. good for her. <laughs> You know that's another that's another barrier that Marvel is tearing down with with Luke Cage. They, that that kiss was uh, not something you see often on television. Well, do you think he's doing it because he's trying to back the winning horse, or because his emotions are genuine? I thought he was trying to back the winning horse up until the kiss, and then the, the kiss. I'm like, oh no, I think he genuinely feels for her. Okay, or is he just attracted to her? Like, well, her yeah, power yeah. or her, like, I don't know that he has, like, really deep emotional feelings for her, but I think that there's something about her strength and the fact that she's super badass. I mean, she's a terrible person, obviously, but, like, I think that someone like him is probably really attracted to her power. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which, understandably so. Um, I don't know how I feel about her replacing the picture of Biggie with the picture. <laughs> it was like almost a Picasso type picture. Well, yeah, we it was weird. Yeah. We could talk for a little, we could probably have a conversation about the symbolism of that. The Biggie um, or the changing it, the changing it and what you changed it for. And I have a feeling that there's something I'm missing, uh, some significance that I'm missing about the, that pa- painting in the wall. I mean, from what I understand, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that that will go over your head unless you've done some serious reading in the area of African American studies. Oh, I, I can there, see. There, there are a lot of references and things that that talking to my friend may get. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I should probably read some more. <laughs> yes, she should come on the show. I feel like. Have, yeah, yeah, I feel like she'd have like a really cool perspective. Joel, where were yeah. you on that when you dropped the ball there, buddy? I did. Yeah. If we do a part three, I'll bring her on. Well, if you bring her on, we'll do a part three. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll set it for, like, a decent amount of time in advance, and maybe we'll do, like, a Q&A and try to get questions via Twitter or something. I don't know. Yeah, that would um, be fun. Do we have anything else? Or are we about? Are we about done? Are we about wrapped up? What do you guys think? Uh, I have one tiny thing since we're talking about complaints and I'm probably going to have both of you that disagree with me here. Um, I don't like Luke and Claire together. I I don't, I didn't feel it. I felt zero chemistry and I actually liked Luke and um, Misty. Like I did feel something there. But with Claire, and I like Claire, I really like Claire, but I just, they as a couple do not do it for me. I was just very like, "Mm, I don't love this. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Well, it's like you said, he has to end up with Jessica Jones, so. That's true, and I'm a huge Jessica Jones fan, but like I said, I did kind of like him with Misty. Like, I liked their interaction a lot more than I liked his interaction with Claire. Yeah, personally, like I like that playful banter, and it was kind of flirty and funny, and I liked that. I'm with you there. 
We agree. Um, maybe, maybe it's just, you know, Luke owes a lot to Claire. She saved sure. his life. She and did. That, that and might, she's awesome. She is. She is. And but lovely. Indeed. Um, <laughs> but I, I did love Misty. She was a great, she's a yes. great character. She's from Such Detroit, cool too. I don't know if you guys know that, but she's from my city. That Miss- actress? Yes. Very, the actress well, I know that on the show Detroit. she's a Pistons fan. No, no, no. The show, she's a Pistons I know, fan. that was funny. I wonder if they, they snuck that in because she's from Detroit. Because, yeah, the actress is from Detroit, actually. Well, that's cool. But she was great. Cool. Yes. She, she, that was a strong character. Uh, I think all of, the, all of the good guy characters really brought a lot to the table in terms of being role models. Um they had their own issues. Marvel didn't create just two-dimensional characters on any of them. So they right. did a good job there. I agree. Were there any characters that you thought were not well-developed? Mm-hmm. As in, I would have liked to see them better developed? Yeah. Well, I found out that some of the some of the henchmen have a bigger role in the Luke Cage uh, universe than you can get the sense of in the show. Like Comanche? You guys remember Comanche? Yes. Apparently, there was like a band of four guys. It was Diamondback, Luke Cage, Comanche, and um, not Zip, uh, one of the other guys. And it was like a band of four in some storylines of the Luke Cage comics. So, okay. so the name of the character, I guess, was just like like a nod to the fans. Um, it might turn but, into something. You know, it might turn into something. Yeah. It might turn into something. Yeah. Um, All right. Oh, guys, I'm I'm about tapped out, man. I gotta be honest. I'm like ready for bed. All right. (laughs) Let's wrap it up. I mean, we did kind of what we what we like best, what we like least, what we're thinking is gonna happen. Um, Did anyone have like a really incredible, shocking moment that they were just like, what? Uh. Well, when when. When Luke gets shot with the Judas bullet the first time. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I really didn't I really did not think that that bullet was going to penetrate him. I think murderous Mariah was my whoa moment. Yeah, I definitely yeah. did not <laughs> see that coming. Um <laughs> I didn't either. The the other thing I will say is when Shades kills um, Candace. Candace. I was like, when, when when she got that text message, I was like, don't leave the house. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. And I was very sad. That was yeah. That was that was heartbreaking, actually. Yeah. yeah. And on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, guys. I've kept you long enough. We're gonna say goodbye. Um. Joel, final thoughts and contact info if you want. Go. So, final thoughts are Luke Cage is doing did something new on the genre of superheroes. I'm very pleased to see that Marvel is going there. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if they can keep up the momentum with Iron Fist. I don't know anything about that property, so I have, I'm going into it with no expectations. But, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to see that tough issues are getting tackled by pop culture in a way that is accessible as long as you have a Netflix account. So that's really cool. (laughs) Uh, My contact is on Twitter, JMC591. 
and uh, work on NerdHub, guys. Awesome. Rowan. Yeah, I mean, if you have not watched Luke Cage yet, you are definitely doing yourself a disservice. I second everything Joel said about the show, really, really pushing the boundaries in a way that we need. And it's amazing. I felt super emotional a million times throughout the show. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Rowan Rain. Excellent. And, and by the way, if you ha- if you haven't watched it and you listen to this whole podcast, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, if if someone's getting Some this, a like spoiler. Yeah. If first, if somebody listened to the entire first half and didn't realize that this is what the second half was going to be, there's not a whole they lot. They deserve I can spoilers. Do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. All right. I love you guys. I will talk to you soon. Other than that, dragons work out, nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.